Hi, I'm Melissa Harding, and I'm the HR and Life Journey Coordinator here at Pathfinder. And today I have the privilege of telling you about the 13th and 14th Stations of the Cross. Jesus' broad body, body is brought down and laid in the tomb. And just like David said last week, I feel so unqualified to talk to you about these things today, but um, I've also processed through a lot of it, and I'm going to do the best that I can. Um, the first thing I thought was, Oh my gosh, I can't imagine how the people in these moments, how Joseph and the other people around felt bringing his body down and actually handling the body of Jesus. I, I just can't imagine what that felt like in those moments, especially for Joseph, who was afraid to publicly associate with Jesus during his life. He comes up and boldly asks for his, for his body to take care of it, to lay it in the tomb. And this is all being done in such a hurry because the Sabbath is approaching. And there's so much in that was Joseph feeling agony? Was he feeling shame? Was he feeling regret? Um, I can only imagine. Um, these scenes may bring up different feelings and memories in all of us. Maybe for you, it brings up um, the actual physical death of somebody that you love. Maybe it brings up something from your past that you kind of buried and left behind. Maybe it brings up the death of a relationship. Um, for me, this is really intertwined with part of my story that I want to share with you today, just about how my trust in Jesus has changed, how my relationship with Him has grown, and how I put to death this narrative in my head that I couldn't be imperfect and be a good follower of Jesus. I couldn't be somebody who proclaimed to be a Christian while also being a very real broken human that was imperfect, that is imperfect. Um, so that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Uh, in November of 2015, I was baptized along with my daughter. And I remember preparing for my baptism and thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. I, I'm not a perfect person. I, I love Jesus. He has worked such a miracle in my life and in the life of my family. And, and that was something I had to wrestle with. And I ultimately decided to accept the gift of baptism and to move forward with that, not knowing what it was going to look like. And also not knowing that that wasn't just like the ending of my story and my faith. And then from there on out, it was going to be, it was going to be really easy. So fast forward about a year after my baptism, I'm at this big staff event. We were kicking off the next campaign. It was this huge deal. And I was starting to, to learn more about and get to know the people on staff, but I was still fairly new. And um, the event is going on and somebody is walking around with a microphone and everybody's asked to share a story of life change, to share um, a celebration, to share something that you see working, God working in your life. And I remember just having this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I, I should have something to share. I was baptized not that long ago. And instead I was in this very different place. I was in a really confusing place. I was still a new mom that brought a lot of anxiety for me. Again, I shared some of my past story when I was baptized um, and I was afraid that some of my baggage, that some of my wounds were gonna affect her. And I was very much in this place of my life where I didn't feel like I was good at anything and I didn't feel like I was good for anyone. And I was also a new church staff member and a, a newer Christian and so, it was a confusing time for me. Like, I'm in the room and somebody's walking around and I start to feel and see these looks and these nudges of like, hey, Melissa has a story to share. She was just baptized. 
And I just remember this overwhelming feeling of nausea and panic erupt in me because I'm like, I don't know that I have anything to share. I should. I should be in this moment where I can. I, I have this amazing story about how my baptism has changed my life and I'm in this amazing place and I'm doing so well. But really I was hurt and I was scared and I was struggling and at times I was throwing my hands up and saying, Jesus, I said I'm yours. Why am I so broken? Why am I not whole? Why, why am I hurting? Why am I anxious? I don't want to be those things. Um, why can't I just be somebody that gets it all right? So the person comes over and <laughs> leans the microphone down to me because apparently I didn't have a choice <laughs> in the matter of sharing. And I don't even remember what I said. I mumbled through a few words and then I burst into tears when he walked away. <laughs> and I'm at a table of people I kind of know. They're confused. My very confused poor husband next to me has no idea what's going on. And I'm just covering my head and sitting there crying because I felt like such a fake. I felt like it should all be all right. It should all be good. I should be good. I should be happy and clear headed and focused. And I, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, in that place. And I was mad at myself for not being more grateful for the gift that God had given me. Um, now, very much like Joseph and the people laying Jesus to rest, I didn't have the full picture. Um, I needed years and still need years to see the full picture of my life and the way that God is going to move through me. Um, and the most important part of this is I'm, I'm not there, but I can look back now and realize that my faith is radically different. And that's not because overnight I decided it was going to be different and I was going to think differently. But actually happened step by step because of people around me here in this community, um, faithful, loving, but also imperfect people who are willing to say, I'm imperfect and I need Jesus. I'm imperfect and I love Jesus. I'm imperfect and I follow Jesus and I'm working harder to have a full life, to accept the gifts that he's given me. And you know, I didn't, I didn't build up a tomb. I didn't do it. I had nothing to do with what I was doing on my own. And it's amazing to look back and see that now. But it's like the people around me were bit by bit building up a tomb and giving me a place to lay to rest these ideas and these feelings and these very wrong perceptions of God that I had about being a Christian, loving Jesus, needing Jesus, and being imperfect. Um, and, you know, here I am. It's been five years since I've been on staff, and I'm no more perfectly faithful or perfect or perfectly happy. Um, but I'm in such a different place, and that's come from the people around me, the, the members of this community, the members of the staff, my friends, um, people that have plugged in here, willing to be vulnerable, willing to say, I'm imperfect. Here's why. Here's a raw and real part of my story that's really hard to tell, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to give you the space to love me anyway. And that allowed me to do that and gave me courage to do that with them. And being loved through that and being tenderly cared for as an imperfect person, that's, that's how Jesus loves us. And I can see that, and I'm now in this new place where my kids are older, and I'm my identity is a little rocky because I'm being challenged in some new ways and the people around me need new and different things for me. And that's scary and that's hard and that's anxiety producing in me sometimes. Um, but I don't move forward in that with shame. I don't move forward um, second guessing 
who I am uh, as a daughter of Christ. That's that's also a part of me. It's not and or. It's that's that's also I am that person. I I love Jesus and I need Jesus because I'm imperfect. Um, I can't disqualify myself from His love because I'm not perfect. Um, so that's some of my story today. Uh, it's it's a lot. It's it feels good to share, but it's hard. Um, so. My hope and my prayer for you is that if you're in that kind of a place, um, look to the people around you, look to the people who are sharing their stories and uh, are willing to be vulnerable about uh, about their own imperfections. Um, they're there. We're here. There are a lot of people in this community that are willing to do that. And I would also encourage you to be courageous in sharing your own because there are other people out there that need to hear that you're not imperfect and you need Jesus and that those things can exist together. Um, so again, thank you. And I pray that as you reflect on, on these stations of the cross, that that is a life-changing move for you and that uh, you get just an immense amount of um, safety out of the love that comes from, from Jesus. When you really accept that, you can need him and um, be imperfect and have his love at the same time. Thank you. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for sharing your testimony with me and with all of us. I, I loved getting another glimpse into your heart and getting to plug in another piece of your own uh, puzzle and getting to know your story a little better. Uh, one of the things that stuck out to me was that I, I felt like you connected so strongly with the heart of this moment when Jesus is brought down from the cross and he's laid in a tomb. We think of the Jesus story as epic and, and this beautiful climactic moment of history, and it is. But even in, in the epicness, even in the, the grandness of the tale, there are just these down, mundane, sad moments. Joseph of Arimathea, Jesus' mother Mary, they didn't feel in that moment like they were part of some grand story. They didn't, they didn't think that this was a detail in God's rescue of the universe. All they knew was that they were hurting and they were just doing the next thing that made sense as boring and mundane and obvious as it might be. The person we put our hope and our trust in is dead. And so now what do we do next? And so they did an ordinary thing. They took the body down. They made the preparations for burial and they put what they thought was the closing chapter of their story to rest. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to leave it there just like you did, Melissa, because Easter is not here yet. Easter is next week. And so here in this moment, we live in the sadness. We live in the tragedy, the mundane of a story that doesn't yet make sense. And Melissa, thank you for so transparently sharing this moment that you had in your own life where you were expected to share your story and you had this uh, feeling that it needed to be epic, that everything needed to be resolved, all the questions needed to be answered, and, and, and this honest feeling that you had that you weren't there yet, that your story wasn't ready to be shared, that it was too uh, vague, too nebulous, that you didn't have this beautiful, amazing overcoming of the odds the way we love to have in all of our stories. And I don't know about you listening at home, but I, I certainly related to that. I, I know that I will sometimes, when I hear people's testimonies, I'll think, you know, why couldn't I have been rescued from something amazing? You know, why couldn't I have had something awful in my life so that Jesus could swoop in and change me so drastically? And yet Jesus is doing powerful work, 
even in those ordinary, mundane moments of sadness. And Melissa, what I think is so beautiful about this just glimpse of your story that we got is that you saw an opportunity, not necessarily for a grand gesture, but little by little to let the people around you help you build a tomb for the things that were holding you back from your next step. That shame and this, this um, kind of innate belief that we think Christians have to be perfect if we love Jesus, that that was a thing in you that needed to be put to death. And when Jesus was on the cross, we, we, we talk about this. It's not just a metaphor. There, there's something true and supernatural and powerful about it, that Jesus took all of our sins, all of our fears, all of our woundings with him into death and the grave. Jesus died so that we could put to death shame and fear. Jesus died so that we no longer had to live uh, with this burden of perfection because he accomplished it for us. So Melissa, thank you for, for just poetically understanding that this tomb isn't just a tomb for Jesus. It's a tomb that he invites us to bury all of the things which hinder, hold us back from the life that he has for us. And then you called out one other important thing, which is that this is not a journey we are expected to go alone. We don't try and, and let Jesus bury our sins and our wounds by ourselves. We invite community into it. Just like in this moment, you know, Jesus had his, his 12 closest friends. He had his mother. He had people that were intimate in his life. And yet it was a, a, a broader part of the community, a man named Joseph of Arimathea, who wasn't one of Jesus's disciples, who wasn't related to him or in his family, but just a part of the community that said, there is a little thing I can do and I'm going to do it. And was I've gotten to walk alongside you. And, and so you listening at home. And this is something I just want to share with you, that, that she has leaned into our culture, that she has allowed our staff, that, that we have a community of Christ followers, people who, who not a one of us from me or Pastor Dion Garrett, none of us pretend that we're perfect. All of us try to live transparently and honestly. We try to share our imperfections. We try to share our fears and our self-doubts. We're honest about where we fall short. And it's in that that we're able to then lean into the community that says, here's how I can help. Here's how I can support. Here's how I can lean back into you and help you move forward. And so you at home, I invite you to hear those parts of the story as you reflect on the last two stations of the cross. This moment where Jesus did not just send himself into the tomb, but he invited us to send all of our fears, our sins, our wounds along with him. And that we also get a picture that we don't have to do this alone, but that there is a community around us that is waiting to help, waiting to contribute in some small, maybe what seems like a, like a tiny gesture, like Joseph of Arimathea just happening to have an unused tomb. But these small things are out there. Your community is out there. And if you're willing to, to let that tomb be a place not for you, but for the things Jesus wants to put to death in you, then there is a community that will help you thrive to new life. And as we look forward to Easter and the, the promise of the resurrection and new life that Jesus gives us, I invite us all to take those truths to heart. So would you please pray with me? Lord God, thank you. Thank you that in the pain and the tragedy and just the awful reality of those final stations, of, of the suffering that you endured for our sakes. Lord, help that to open our hearts. 
help that to land for us how much you love us that you are willing to endure such awful pain. And Lord, help us to accept that invitation that you make. Help us to live our lives in light of your life so that the things that try to kill us don't have to kill us, they can be put to death instead. And so the stuff that we try to overcome alone, we no longer feel this burden of having to be perfect in isolation by ourselves because you have been perfect on our behalf and you have now opened the way for us to have truly transparent community in, with, and even because of our imperfections. So Lord Jesus, inspire us, hold us, keep us pointed evermore not just to the cross where you died, but to the empty tomb where ultimately you rose again. We pray this trusting in your name. Amen. Thank you all for being with us today. And I just remind you that one way or another, wherever you are in the world, I would love to have you be a part of our Holy Week and Easter celebrations next week. So check the website, figure out the thing that makes the most sense for your schedule and your location. And I'd love to see you for some celebration next week. Thanks for listening to the Pathfinder Church Message Podcast. If you would like to hear more messages like this, hit the subscribe button. You can also find more resources at our website, pathfinderstl.org.